Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Rebecca Johnson, and I'm one of the hosts of a podcast about the CW Supergirl TV series called Supergirl Radio. And I'm also a contributor to a podcast that breaks down the DCEU scene by scene called Justice League Universe Podcast. Perfect. And you are back (laughs) joining us for the third time and long awaited uh, talking about Suicide Squad. Minute number 107. The minute is going to start out with the continuation of Harley Quinn's Happily Ever After vision. And the minute's going to end with a look into Diablo's, uh, you know, simple life, kicking it vision. Kicking it vision. Kicking it vision. Yeah. I'm <laughs> writing that one down. Um yeah, they all so all the visions uh basically to start all the visions in this minute are kind of cohesive. Like like you that theme that we talked about yesterday where it seemed like Deadshot's Batman vision mm-hmm. seems not it seems like inaccurate to what he really wants, but these visions all have that common theme that we were hoping for for Deadshot. Family and love. That family and love, yeah. Mm-hmm. In all different ways. The w- the more I think about it, the more it just sticks out like a sore thumb. The Deadshot vision. Yeah, are we all in agreement? Oh yeah, I I I wish I think it would have really completed the the whole thing if Deadshot's was about his daughter. But I I like what this minute has to say about Harley Quinn. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get into it. Yeah. So when we talked about the the bar scene, and so Diablo is talking about his life and how it went to shambles. Um, Harley Quinn kind of berates him and like tells him like, what did you think was going to happen? Do you think, you know, mm-hmm. normal is just a setting on the dryer, like being normal. Like you think you're just going to go home and make yeah. car payments. And like, like she's had that argument with herself. <laughs> yeah. Before. That's I mean, that's what we were saying. At the, like back then it was like, this honestly, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Like you're honestly just yelling at yourself right now. Like, and that's kind of, I like that. I, I think that's very interesting that, and, and I think a lot of people miss that with this vision, but it's like what she yelled at Diablo for is exactly what she wants. And she knows deep down that she can't have that. Mm-hmm. It's a whole reason for it. It's why she's got to have this breakdown with herself. She's yelling at Diablo because she, she really wants to be yelling that at herself mm-hmm. to get over that. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff. Um, What's more good stuff in this Harley Quinn vision? Yeah. The hair know. curls. <laughs> I'm digging it. Is that still a thing? Curling irons in your hair? Yes, it is, like, Mark. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a look itself. It's. I think. I think it's a look of. Um, uh, I don't want to uh, domesticated, but in a sense where it's like easy, like Sunday morning type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's that happily ever after style. Uh, you put your rollers in your hair. You're taking care of the kids. It's early. You got breakfast on the table. Husband comes in, gives you a kiss, and start your day. Pretty. Yeah, this is this is their this is the start of their day. You mm-hmm. know, the the Joker, whatever his name is in this universe, he's he's got a fancy business suit on. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to work, and yeah. So I, you know, for for a woman, she's she's getting up, she put the curlers in her hair. She she's getting ready to to go. So I I think that really um, 
gives us an insight into what their mornings would be like in her perfect universe. Yeah. yeah. Nice suburban uh, mm. house that we're getting. Um, I think one of the most eye-catching things is that... The tulips? Yeah. The bed really? Of, the bed of flowers that are hanging <laughs> by the sink. I, I look at it every time and I go... That's so well placed. Yeah, because that's all I look at is those flowers. For some reason, I mean, everybody I'm wants a terrace of plants. I'm the only one plants. who's looking at them. Yeah. I just, yeah, keep looking at them, going, "Wow, those are really nice." It's, it's one of those comforting things. Very nice that they have that they staged the flowers like by the window, like that close and mm-hmm. that high up. It's honestly like it. It is a beautiful kitchen. Like there's, like we all want to have that that moment right there like i think that's what works so well is you look at it and you go i want that you want the nice kitchen and the family too i guess yeah you know um jerry leto in it um i honestly it's striking difference from like you we've seen the joker so much in this film mm-hmm. that when jerry leto comes in it's almost like oh i totally forgot what you look like in real life <laughs> um but then at the same time he looks like jerry leto from american psycho yeah, and he's so affectionate with the the child and with Harley, and it's just so different that he seems to be more concerned about other people than himself. Because I think a, a lot in this, he's in this film, he's he's driven by his love for Harley. I think, but I think for the most part, it's very selfish on his part. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's neat to see the contrast of what it would be like if he maybe put other people first. And one of the things that strikes me about their uh, the talk about them being domesticated is don't they doesn't Joker say at the end? I, I know this is jumping way way far ahead, but isn't like the last line something about let's go home? Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, so I think it's very fitting that you know we do see uh, what it would look like if they were at home together. So I, I, I like the look into that aspect of the, the perfect ideal of what that would look like. Yeah, I agree with you. I have this thing about the word normal that it's um, mm-hmm. as I'm starting to like see it more, especially with like talking about this movie so much, the contrast of normality against everything that happens in this movie. I'm starting to feel like it's just blah. You know what, what I mean? The word like that—that that like the setting of normal, the normalcy of everything. We even got to talk about it a lot during Doom Patrol, and it's starting to annoy me of the how vision, there's a definitive normal. How there's a definitive normal. You yeah, know what, yeah, and that's yeah. that's kind of what is bugging normal? Me. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's that's bugging me a little bit. But I get it on like a um on a scale of Harley Quinn to normal. Uh, yeah, you can you can fit that storyline and her vision in there so Mm -hmm. i i understand that but it seems like normal has just become like a blanket term for just um i don't it's a blanket term for boring and i don't want to sound like that white bread kind of guy where it's like being normal is boring opposite white bread kind of guy being normal is boring but well (laughs) well well, normal depends on the situation yeah harley quinn and joker their normal is you know shooting a bunch of guns and uh, being gangsters and clubs and, you know, doing all this crazy stuff, hanging out of helicopters. So that's their normal. Mm -hmm. So everybody's normal is a little different. Yeah. So like, it just seems like it's, um, I don't want to say, is it just a, a, an easy way around of writing is my, my, my hang up on it. Is that like thing where it's like, well, picture them being normal. Ugh. 
Mm. It just seems like it's just an easy way out. And then you're saying that maybe the writer who wrote this specific part wrote it so to fit their normalcy. Yeah. Like it, like the writer's normalcy, but you have to think, no. You or can't, just the trope of normalcy. You can't normalcy. think about what you think is normal. Yeah. You have to think about what Harley Quinn thinks is normal. Yeah. And but that's not the mm. point of the vision. I know the point of the vision is supposed to be a well, drastic change and like uh, 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 a wishful thinking in a way. Who knows? Maybe we could be wrong about this one. Maybe this isn't right. Just as much as we criticize the Batman Deadshot one, mm-hmm. maybe we're... Maybe they're all wrong. No, I no, hold on. No. The Rick Flag one is super <laughs> yeah, right. That one's the right. Rick Flag one is like the easiest one. Yeah. But it's almost like Rick Flag wrote the like if, if Rick Flag was the writer, yeah. he accidentally also wrote Harley Quinn's vision. It's like that's not I I don't know. I No, I see what you're getting in that I don't know. does kind of feel like um like like the there the normalcy between Harley Quinn and Rick Flag is on the same level and it just doesn't seem like it should be. It, I mean, I can see that at at some point, Harleen Quinzel, when she was trying to treat the Joker, would have been like, oh, I'll just make you sane. You can get out of here. And hey, maybe we can date and get married and have kids. And like, and it's like, I could see Whoa, this. Whoa, slow down, Harleen. I can, I can too fast see for me. where this vision <laughs> might be. Like if we, again, if we did like a whole go back in time and fix things, maybe Joker doesn't manipulate her into allowing a raid on Arkham to happen. Maybe she does cure him and he gets out of there. And then this is like the happily ever after. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to, I I guess we could make sense of it all. Yeah, maybe. But also what I thought was really cool is, um, Jared Leto's, uh, character in this vision, um, doesn't do a lot of talking, but he does do a lot of smiling, like a Mm. giant cheesy smile, which it like, to me, I thought that was like intentional of like him being the Joker and that he would have this huge smile for this kid that he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was pretty intentional. I don't know. It seems like something. Well, and and don't they sort of play up with Harley and Joker? Well, not in such a big blatant way, but don't they have uh, baby clothes in? Mm-hmm. I guess his apartment when he's around all of those knives. So I think that's it's sort of hinting at that there was maybe maybe there was some sort of baby something that happened between them. Maybe they lost a child. I don't know. I I kind of read into that now that we're given the fact that they have not just one child, they have two children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting. And could I talk could we talk about the music that's playing in this vision? Do we have a do we have a um credit? Do we know what what it is? So I tried to look it up, and it seems like it is called Symphony Number no. Three. Um, I don't know what OP. I guess maybe it's Opera Opera Thirty Six, mm. uh, and it's uh, known as the Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. And the reason that I think this is a really cool choice is that so the basic uh, idea behind this symphony is that. There's a solo soprano who sings the Polish text in each of three movements. So there's mm-hmm. a so this is the third movement, and it said, uh, you know, all knowing Wikipedia said uh, the first and third movements are written from the perspective of a parent who has lost a child, and the second movement from that of a child separated from a parent. The dominant themes of the symphony are, are motherhood and separation through war. So I thought that that was really fitting 
for this vision specifically geared towards Harley Quinn is mm-hmm. that it's about motherhood. It's about possibly losing a child. So I, I, for me, that gives me a lot more to dig into just with this one vision. Absolutely. That is probably the smartest thing that we have ever discovered in this movie so far. <laughs> You're welcome. That is very astute of you. Um, I agree 100%. That's insane that mm-hmm. uh, it's the whole, you know, motherhood and, and aspect of it. That's really diving deep. And mm-hmm. that deserves my applause. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if, that's yeah, what I'm here for. Thank if anything out of this movie, that's that's a really good call. I like that. We would I mean, I would have glossed over the music, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. um, I'm so jaded to the fact that this is now just WB's party (laughs) um so yeah going deeper into that is really cool there was something that we did talk about um about the baby clothes in the uh hotel suite or whatever it was i honestly think we talked with sam no we talked about sydney with that yeah sid i think yeah, yeah yeah and um there was something on twitter that was going around that david Ayer had brought up about the clothes and i think it did have to deal with them losing a child or their mm. aspirations of not being able to have children. There was like, there was a whole Twitter conversation about the baby clothes. Um, yeah, there, there, there was. was a whole thing. I remember was a, that. Yeah. Someone I think was really asking David Ayer about all the little things in there. Mm-hmm. There was even talk about how like there was like a whole thing written on the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Cover, and the but, broken piano. But we and can't all that see stuff. what's on there. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that, and I honestly, I don't know what I don't know what happened with that conversation. So. I don't remember what we talked about either, but I do know that we did reference this vision at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, because the baby show, clothes. Yeah, it did show the two kids, and also the all the computers that he had in that place as well. Yeah, it's very very strange. That's awesome. Um, I was thinking just that real quick, just trying to find uh, imagery in that vision and two kids, and I didn't know if there was supposed to be like a Bud and Lou type situation i don't think so oh. i don't know those like, are t- like they're hi- are those the names of their hyenas yeah that's in the, yeah hyenas? the harley but yeah. i feel like bud and lou are uh are those uh, is it a boy and a girl or are they two boys two, lou two boys it's two boys two lou boys. isn't they, al- they almost look like maybe they could are they the same age could they be twins that's what i was thinking i was assuming that they were twins um yeah and they got a boy and a girl mm-hmm. a mm. luke and leia situation mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think uh, I'm gonna have to. I've been trying to stay away from all the birds of prey stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to like say anything that might be an incorrect rumor. But um, I could have sworn there was like s- something with Harley Quinn and, and dogs in this in this upcoming Birds of Prey film, like some sort of like on set shoot, like photo shoot that happened where people got photos of the set of dogs being hyenas, dogs painted as hyenas, was she walking a dog or something. I don't know. I'm hoping to see Button Lou. I would love to see. It's you Gotham. just want to now. You just want to see accessories to the film. I want to see, duh. Yeah, that's how action figures work. Yes, it is. <laughs> I would love to see Harley Quinn with two hyenas for no reason. Mm-hmm. Bane with two chainsaws. We got to get that in there. I do like Bane. <laughs> I love Bane. I love yeah. Bane. I, I there's not a Batman villain I don't like. It's true. They're pretty great. Yeah. Um, we do get a Rick Flag vision. Yeah. Um, do you guys have notes on this one? You said it in the beginning how this is the uh, the most accurate, the one. most accurate, which um, I I agree with. I like that it's a like it, it 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 kind of introduces like a dream sequence type thing. It's really quick. It's really fast. I don't know how uh, 
each flashback is timed out. I don't know if one is shorter than the other, but the Rick Flag one seems particularly short. Um, but I like that whole idea of uh, him waking up and it being a dream. Mm-hmm. That's that's always just fun to me. I like I like dreams. <laughs> Doesn't June say something about how he's had a bad dream or he's had a nightmare? Yeah, he. Uh, she says you've had you've had a bad dream. Um, I'm trying to see if the word nightmares. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's you just ha- a nightmare. Just had a nightmare. So my my question though is what is is this connected to the enchantress stuff? Um, is is the enchantress stuff supposed to be the bad dream or the nightmare? I I I was trying to kind of read into that, trying to figure out what what maybe she was connect. What does June think he was dreaming about? I guess is my question. Yeah, because again, I guess going back in time, when enchantress does leave, get get her brother's statue or voodoo statue, whatever, and then, like, releases him, then comes back, and then, like, uh, steals the heart or whatever. No, she comes back, and Rick Fly gets out of bed, and he's like, and he gets his gun, and he's, you mm-hmm. know, very shocked that Enchantress is here. That would seem like the same night where he would also wake up, and, and, and June Moon would just be at right next to him in this hotel room mm-hmm. and be like, that was just a nightmare. Like, you didn't get up in the middle of the night. Enchantress didn't do anything. We're good. Like, it's just a bad dream. Then you're getting into time travel stuff. And they all seem like time travel. Yeah. Somewhere, <laughs> something got fixed. Some, You know, like, you just go back in time, fix it, and then mm-hmm. we're good. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Because it seems to me that if, in the scenario, if, uh, according to Rick Flagg's perspective, I would think that this, you know, waking up with June, this would be... A dream for him but when june tells him it's a nightmare i just i just think that that sort of flip on what that would have actually been for him is is very interesting yeah yeah so i I think the safe assumption is the nightmare is what's happening in real life the enchantress (laughs) bits and everything getting stuck with a bunch of villains yeah (laughs) yeah um i'm it's it seems like i don't want to think too hard about it because then i start thinking about um is Enchantress just playing towards the knowledge that she has of Rick Flag and June Moon? Because I think there is still June Moon somewhere in oh, Enchantress yeah, sure. floating around. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, but subconsciously, I still think it's there. And the idea of exploiting that seems like you lose the notion of June Moon being an Enchantress. Hmm. And that this is see this is why it's like I don't want to think that hard about it because it just seems like it's just hey here's a little dream you get a bad dream I uh, almost, there was a witch in it I almost wish this was the first vision because it's enchantress she's, yeah she's goading them with like oh the you could have whatever you want yeah. and it is enchantress and like the person who's most affected by all this is Rick Flag I kind of wish he was first. And like that, that quick cut from Enchantress here in the train station to it literally just being like it was just a nightmare. You had a mm-hmm. bad dream. That almost seems like it would like flow better. Like mm-hmm. it'd be more flush of a vision. Yeah. Where it might even trick some of the audience. People going, what? The heck just yeah, happened? but then I feel like it would have to be but then you longer have... than this. Yeah. And then like it, it then going directly into the other squad members' mm-hmm. visions is uh, it would be a little jarring. But I do like the, uh, the the trope of having 
characters wake up and being told that whatever the conflict they are doing is just a dream. I think it's like a, a hold that thought. Hold that thought. I I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> attest it to it being um, a way out of writing or an easy fix or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll hold on to that thought. You're yeah. gonna bring it up. You're gonna remind me. <laughs> yeah, I'll remind you. All right. Definitely. Okay. Um. So after Rick Flag's dream, vision, we, vision, we, dream. We cut to another family mm-hmm. vision, and this one is uh, Sir Diablo. Sir? He's a sir now? He got knighted? <laughs> I would knight him. You would knight him? <laughs> he's a good person. Yeah. Um, so he's he's here in his home. He's got a nice house. Very nice family. Mm-hmm. It's, you see uh, the kids alive? The kids are sleeping. It's a very it's it's a very nice like opening shot of kids sleeping next to their dad and stuff like that. I really enjoy that. Yeah, speaking of dreams, the, the kids are sleeping. I think the little girl has a shirt on that says dreams do come true. So oh, I yeah. think there is a there is a connection somewhere in there about about dreams. Wow, that's a good one. So what they decided now at minute hundred and seven that they want to get smart with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me this is this and the uh, the bar scene are kind of the the best parts of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark really likes the bar bar scene as well. It's I a, do. I mean, we both like it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, it's a good thing. We, we, but it's uh, a defining moment in this movie. We kind of felt revitalized when we got from the bar scene and and, and like, into this. Yeah, where we were talking like last week, where we were like, "It's like okay, now we're all in the, the good movie. stuff is happening yeah. now. Now, like, now we're watching." It's the been movie. so long. We actually we had to go through that whole Joker Mosey minutes helicopter bit, and I mm-hmm. was just like, I, "Street walking." We're here now. We're enjoying the better parts of this movie. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, and Diablo is is he's he's aware. This ain't normal. Yeah. Like everyone else is like, I'm, I'm, yeah, they're they're embracing it yeah. and everything. And he has a very distinctive look of confusion on his face. Yeah, he's like, and this I think ain't it's right. why it's because he was the one that uh, ultimately like killed his family. It wasn't. Batman putting him in jail. It wasn't Harley being manipulated by Joker. It wasn't just a bad dream about a witch. It was, you know, Diablo is now faced with a vision. He got of, angry. Yeah, and and he is the one to blame for all this. Mm-hmm. Not everybody else seems like they're kind of putting the blame on something that's just not them. You know, Deadshot's not thinking that it's his choice of being a hitman that got him thrown into this position. Harley Quinn's not thinking that it was her choice of freeing the Joker that got her into this position. It's a lot of the blame seems to be more on, I guess, I don't There's know. no one else Diablo yeah, can blame. Yeah, there's really no one else he can't Diablo blame, can blame. So. He can't even blame like affiliates in his crime yeah. business because it was him who brought guns, drugs, mm-hmm. money, and it was stashing it in the house. Like, And she, she first of all, she knew, the Diablo's wife knew that was his business. That mm-hmm. was like how he was bringing home like you know, support for the whole family. And she was okay with it. Just don't get it anywhere near the actual family. Yeah. And he was doing it because he was getting cocky about it. He was getting like, like I'm the king. I can do whatever I want here. This mm-hmm. is actually my home. You guys live here. And, and then he got angry. And so like, it is just all his fault. Mm-hmm. So it, it is that like, um, we talked about it earlier, but it was that notion that he believes that, they are in a realm of suffering for the for the atrocities that they have committed in life, and that being in the suicide squad is him um uh i guess repenting for his sins, yeah, he doesn't deserve to be in heaven kind of thing right, yeah. and so think of that 
El Diablo, this devil, you know, character. And he's like in this place of Zen and peace. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this ain't right. I didn't even deserve to be here. Yeah. Like this shouldn't even be a thing. Even if I died and I woke up in like this personal heaven, like that I don't deserve it. Does he say something like that towards the end when all their visions are dead? Is he one that kind of says like, hey, quit it. They're fake. Yeah. Okay. Mark's giving me the, giving me the high sign. Neato. Yeah, he he's 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 definitely the one who doesn't know or the one who does know that something's not right. And I think we talked before about the sequencing of these visions and I think it's smart to put Diablo last because he's the one that snaps everybody out of it. And mm-hmm. one of the things I like about that part of this minute is that in the background of uh I think it's behind when we see his wife there are some candles lit on a table behind yes. them. And I mm-hmm. thought that that was a, a, a neat way to connect back to, in, in kind of a, a, a grim way, to connect back to the, the fire that uh, happens, uh, you know, that his powers that c- contribute to the tragedy of what happens to his family. So even in this vision, I think that there's still a little bit of a hint of his fault in what happened to them so i i like that it's it is a little bit of a happy ending but there's still something in there that that shows uh the sadness of what happened yeah yeah it's fire a, is definitely a powerful image that you can portray in film living and everything. a living active entropy yeah, yeah it, it, exactly <laughs> Mark. Mm. good good one because i mean it's one of those it, you can't control it even a character that actually has fire abilities still can't control it. We saw you're that he lost his cool. You're just releasing something destructive. Yeah. Like you're so, not controlling it. You're exactly. not creating. You can only decreate. Yeah. So it, with the image of having, you know, the little flame mm-hmm. just being normal in the house, mm-hmm. I think that's really strong. And also the house is very dark. I mean, despite the candles and the lighting, like mm-hmm. if we just look at this minute and we excuse Deadshot's vision, this with Harley Quinn's, it's very super bright. It is super sunny. Mm-hmm. And then with Rick Flags, it's it's like... It's dreamy. It's it's dawn. It's like Paper the wavy. sun is coming up yeah, a little bit. It's dreamy. It, it's super yeah. dreamy. and and But it's not as super bright as mm-hmm. the Harley Quinn one was. And, and now, it's not clear. It's not a clear vision. And now it's like a darker vision. Yeah. Like, it, like just in context of like the, the lighting. And so it's been getting darker as we go as we on, go on yeah. these visions and so there is something there the dead shot one is kind of weird but um I, I don't know hey it was first for a reason it wasn't in this minute so we won't count it yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah i think that's uh you don't want to talk about no, kicking it i'm good <laughs> it's just a funny line i get it's there it's just it's his life. It's his heaven. It's yeah, yeah. That's the that's the way that they talk to each other. Um, yeah. You, yeah. How about we kick it? It's just, uh, who says that anymore? I don't, I don't know. even know. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a '90s thing. Yeah, it was like a very old school thing. Nobody says that anymore. It's very silly. Well, they do. Apparently. They do. Yeah, they do. The guy that's who wrote just, this. Yeah, that's like, normal dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> they like, uh, hey, when you wrote this scene what do you mean by kick it <laughs> they're like oh you don't know what that means yeah they're like, gonna just go upstairs and have maritals you got it we got it we're on the <laughs> oh, same page okay yeah. now i understand <laughs> it's like but but guys it's an urban setting so kick it fits yeah and they're like Jeez. oh now it's suicide squad my god <laughs> <laughs> um 
that's all I have for this one. We're going to get get into uh, how did they get out of this crazy dream. Um, but if you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you could talk to us about today's episode. And we will catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 108 of Suicide Squad. 